stories, anything at all that has to do with the Red River Gorge. Um, have you been there? You, I, I have. I are have you familiar with the Glady Cabin there? I am not. The Glady Creek Historical Site, there's a cabin belonged to Lily Mae Ledford's family. I've got a picture of Lily Mae's mother, the biggest groundhog I ever saw in my life, an old 44 rifle. But she grew up in that house, and I, I've got the person gave me the piano that she had, where she started the Coon Creek Girls Group over Renfro Valley there, and uh, they put quite a mark on country music or some. J.P. Pennington, we had them up here one last year, and one it was a thing that we had up here, so. Uh, uh, exile. Exile, exile concert. Lead singer of Exile and I hold in. Uh, this was after a summer school. We take would take the children on a, a trip, you know. So we decided to go to the Red River Gorge. So the buses got all the children on and we going to have a fun day. So they went through the gorge and was coming back to Natural Bridge to have lunch. And as we were unloading the bus, this one little fella said, when are we going to the gorge? <laughs> he didn't know whether we'd go to the But you know, growing up, when, when I was a kid, you went to Natural Bridge. You're lucky to get there. Yeah, yeah. you went to Natural Bridge, but I was really totally unaware of the Red River Gorge. Well, we uh, started the Glady Historical Site in 1989. We split the shingles down there for that roof. The U.S. Forest Service had bought that property, and at that time, we hadn't built a museum up Bayville. But I was working with Larry Meadows and the Red River Historical Society, and we were putting out calendars down there and all that. And one day, the forest ranger, who I just happened to run into, he retired, moved to Virginia, but I ran into a National Bridge Saturday for supper down there. But he came up and asked us if we would like to be involved in uh, that property down there. They had just purchased that property, and they didn't know what to do with it. And we said, we'd take it on as a project. We had one meeting. Now, when these people meet everything to death, we had one meeting at Natural Bridge. There was five of us up there talking about that property. The next time we met, we rolled our sleeves up. We went to renovate this old Redford cabin. It had been used as a logging office. It had been used as a post office, even as a school. It was built, I think, in 1876 by the Broadhead Garrett Lumber Company or what have you. And uh, we were taking, we've got it all on tape on uh, VHS where we renovated that old cabinet and was covered with old weatherboard. We took all that stuff off. We wanted to redo everything the way it was done originally. And we got talking about putting shingles on there. And uh, we wanted it to look authentic. Well, we went to a couple of lumber companies. They went $4,000 to uh, shingles. I don't have that kind of money. What we want to do, I said, well, let's do it the way our forefathers did it. Let's split the shingles. Put them, whoa, I'll do that. Well, I said, I do Dad does. I said, we'll help the rescue folks. So I advertised that. I just started the paper. I advertised that, and it went all over the country. And we had people came from as far away as the West Coast. I had this black professor from Berkeley came. He said, I saw this. Some of my students brought it in or what have you. He said, my dad used to split shingles for a living when I was a boy in Louisiana. He said, I wouldn't miss this for the world. But we had doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs, gang wardens, state police, a little bit of everybody came out there. The Forest Service cut the logs and brought in there. And 
we had a big gathering there and we split the shakes. Well, now, are you calling shingles shakes? Shakes, shingles, whatever. We got boards and uh, we were riding boards, splitting all these things up, and we had, we just, I've got it all in photographs, I've got it all on tape. And uh, at some point in time, I would put it in the library or put it, you know, in the museum or someplace. But we waited until up in the uh, fall to put the shingles on the, the cabin. We had another gathering. And we were playing uh, Lily May Ledford music, and all of you hear the music echoing off the cliffs and all this stuff. Well, the Stanton Ranger station down there was very cooperative, very helpful, all this. But the people at Winchester thought it tooth and toenail. There's nobody going to come down here and this is the Red River Gordon, this godforsaken holler to visit and all that sort of stuff. Well, we, we, had, we put the shingles on there and we had we had a Lily May Ledford day down there. And we put out a crop of uh, sugar cane down there. We had a molasses making that fall. We had people that came from everywhere there. We had a Russian choral group, 40 members came in there, some doctor in Lexington brought them in there. Well, they, they was fascinated with the whole thing, and uh, we would, we'd cook soup beans out in a big iron kettle on the outdoors, and had cornbread and onions and all that sort of stuff. Somebody decided that the Russians ought to sing for their supper. So, uh, they cranked it up, and I'll tell you, I never heard anything any more beautiful, and that was one of the rarest and most beautiful moments, I guess, in uh, human relationships I had ever seen. We had a redneck most of big polka all over that bottom down there. I've got it all on film. My friend Dr. Coy in Louisville had, had a broken leg. He was here on his walker. He was getting it. He just right in the middle of it all. Everybody was dancing around him. Well, the bottom line was the beach started coming out of the thousands. It's one of the most popular tourism areas in the state right now. And it had been uh, over 20 years since we put those shingles on the roof down there. Last year, they didn't even bother to ask any of us that did it originally. The Forest Service down there don't even recognize the fact that we did all this stuff in the first place, and they contacted a, a class, a group over at Moorhead to come over there and do it. And I was down there last year for the archaeology weekend, and my friend Larry Meadows asked me, he said, you been over to the cabin yet? And I said, no. He said, go over there and come back and we'll talk about it. And I went over there. And they had a group that came in there supposed to know this big educated bunch about what they were doing and all that. And they had split those shingles and they put them on that roof grate. And they were turned up like sled runners. And all that. <laughs> they were supposed to put up a plaque down there for five of us that started that thing. And I aggravated Hal Rogers for ten years to get the money to build that welcome center down there. And the day that Hal Rogers put that came down there, we cut the ribbon down. Me and the Menifee County Judge had the honors of uh, opening that thing down at the Glady's side. And we what year was that? That was 89. And we did not have, uh, we did not cut a ribbon. Our version of cutting a ribbon was cutting a pole across the gate with a cross-cut saw. There's a picture of it up in the museum down there. There was a picture in the Glady cabin down there. But the bunch that's down there on the Forest Service now has... Uh, Took it away. Now, uh, I knew you were going to say something. Yeah, here's here's a little bit of history. Just so happens I've got this book in my truck. <laughs> <laughs> I really have no idea why it's still in my truck. But because I have this meeting here. This, this is a very old book. It belonged to my great-grandpa, Garrett Childers, which I talked about a little earlier. It was the first state committee 
commission game warden down in George. Uh, but this was this is Wolf County history uh, compiled by the Wolf County Woman's Club. I don't think they're even in existence anymore. But this this tells about the first history of what used to be the Cumberland Forest. It's now Daniel Boone Forest. I've, I've actually got some signs uh, at the house that still have Cumberland Forest on that my great grandpa left. But uh, since the Cumberland Forest in Wolf County offered many and varied attractions to visitors in eastern Kentucky, between March 17, 1914, and, and 1929, the Forest Service examined most of eastern Kentucky and finally settled on that which was locally known as the Cumberland Plateau with the establishment of its first national forest in Kentucky. Uh, actual purchase of land began in 1933 when a total of 189 acres were obtained. Between 1933 and 1948, the Forest Service examined, optioned, and purchased placed under administration 433,030 acres. The option was taken on an additional 23,000 acres in 1949, which was later purchased in that year, bringing the total in acres in the forest preserve to 456,000. This here is where it tells that my great-great-grandpa uh, sold some land to him. Yeah. It was him and the other two guys that run that uh, Broadhead Lumber Company. Uh, so the man who played an important part of getting this land into the government's hands were H.G. Garrett, which my great-grandpa Garrett is named after, uh, Chris Childers, which was my great-great-grandpa, Broadhead, and Floyd Day. Garrett and Broadhead sold 10,000 acres each to the forest. Chris Childers sold 5,000, and Floyd Day sold 10,000 in Wood County and adjoining counties. But... Uh, that's very interesting. Oh, if you want to go to the gorge, not not next week, the week, week after next is the best time to go. You have the red buds and the dogwoods are coming out. You can see the the foliage and the cliffs. Mm -hmm. And then in the fall, there's about a three week period. I take my company there. I'd better take them there. That's free. And then uh, now they've tuned in to buy their own lunch at the lodge. So <laughs> I have that much. There's uh, there's a one wildflower over in the gorge that's only seen, that is only native to that section. But um, but the gorge is something. You yeah, ask how much it costs to ride the train from Heidelberg to Babel. Mm -hmm. My, my sister, just older than me, and all the girls at St. Helen um, had to ride the train from St. Helen to Batonville to go to high school, and it was uh, 13 cents a round trip. Now, my daddy worked on the railroad, <coughs> and we had a pass, but the other children that, uh, that didn't, you know, their daddies didn't have railroad, didn't work on the railroad. It was thirteen cents around, but that was a whole lot. So say that's a lot of money back then. Yeah. yeah. The people that worked at National Bridge rode the train down there. Ida Del Mackey, one of your teachers yeah. here, she worked there. Oh, I've got a picture of one of our counselors over her loading on the train. They go down there in the morning. They work at the bridge and they ride the train back up. Uh, well, what about back. over there at Torrent? Pictures I've seen of the band where the band stand. Yes. I've got I the original pictures of those things. They built the yeah. 
dance hall under the cliff. We mm -hmm. call it the winding stairs dance hall. And it's a big dance pavilion under the cliff. And they lowered the uh, orchestra on an elevator from the top of the cliff. Now, the hotel itself had a ballroom where a hundred couples yeah. were dancing. Like, wow. But everybody liked to go out there under those cliffs and something. You had Andrew Carnegie, John D. Rockwell. You had some wealthiest people in the world. The Hollywood people came up on the excursion trains. And they didn't even have a lodge at Natural Bridge until 1923. All they had was camping there at Natural Bridge. But that uh, El Park Hotel there was one of the most popular resort areas in the country there. And uh, he mentioned... Uh, uh, the days there a while ago, they owned uh, Taylor Day and owned that Hill Park Hotel there, and they built the railroad from uh, uh, Natural Bridge to Campton there. They had, had great plans to take it on to Hazel Green and places, but it never did happen there. But uh, people, they had gas lights there on that thing, and they danced the night away. Now, Linda and I first came back here, we worked at Natural Bridge down there. Like I said, I had built at Sky Lift at Campground, and all that worked at the lodge up there. And she was a hostess in the dining room. But after I get through working the evening, I'd go down there on the creek and fish a lot down there. And I was amazed at the number of people that I ran into that was back up there visiting because they wanted to show their grandchildren where their grandparents had honeymooned. Or they wanted to show them the tunnel under the lodge there and tell them about the railroads and all this. I sat down, made notes, and wrote. I've written several stories from those encounters, but uh, there was a lot of those people. And one of the most touching was a fellow that had uh, left out of Babyville, World War One, and took the train down through there, you know. And then he came back with a friend's coffin and rode the train back up to Babyville, up through the Torrent National Bridge area. There. Okay, now did the train come through Nada Tunnel? No, that native was strictly a narrow gauge log. That track. was from Maloney. Okay. came down through Maloney. Uh, then uh, the uh, train that came up through Natural Bridge started out at uh, the Beattyville Junction right outside of Winchester. And it came up through Clay City, up through Stanton. It was about, let's see, about 89 when it came through Natural Bridge. And they came uh, through the hill there, Torrent, right to the Torrent Church there. The tunnel's still there. It came out on our side of Walker's Creek proceeded down through Fincastle and down to uh, the mouth of Walker's Creek on the Kentucky River. They had a station there. It was called Beattyville Junction. There was a bridge across the river there. The Butmans is still there at the bridge. And uh, it's a very, very photographic down there. If you get down in there and see those in the autumn to get a picture of those big Butmans standing out there. Natural Bridge was like a big trip. Yeah. To take a and you go on a picnic and that was New Hemlock Lodge was built there in 1964. The old lodge, the original, was 19, or 1923. Eleven and I were working down at the bridge when the old lodge burned down. After they built the new lodge, they used the old lodge to house all these college students. I was one of those college students. Yeah. Well, you're familiar with that thing, right? Yeah. When it would rain, we'd leave Hold Down Island come up there and hold the dances inside the old lodge. But I just want to say this about the porch. It was... To to us, there was no such thing as the Red River Gorge no. at that time. You would go to Natural Bridge, but my family were big picnickers. We were forever going on a family picnic, and we went to Pine Ridge where they had that tower. Bar tower. We went to Pine Ridge, and then we went to Sky Bridge. Sometimes, and that's you know, it wasn't the gorge; it was and then Pine Natural Ridge. Bridge the and Natural Bridge, yeah, that was the old railroad came up from Natural Bridge. 
and it went right by Pine Ridge or right by the Alvin Drew school there. Alvin Drew was some remote figure up in Ohio. And the only reason they called it the Alvin Drew school was the lady gave all the money and that was her father. And that's the only way that she'd give the money was that name of school after her father. But Hickman Patrick, who most of you, or some of you at least will remember, he was my vocational agriculture teacher and all, and he actually rode that train from Natural Bridge up to Campton. And he said, there's not a roller coaster in this world that ever had a thing on that. <laughs> when you leave Natural Bridge and you get up to layers high, you can look right straight back to the arch at Natural Bridge. Yeah. 